take a second to let the shakes get out. Well, welcome to church this morning. If we have not yet met, I'm Susie. I'm not used to wearing this mic, so it's a little weird. I feel like it's going to fall off. So, I'm on staff and part of the leadership team here. So, um, if we've not met, like I said, my name is Susie. It's nice to meet you. Um, and this morning, I get to continue on with our current series called the Red Letter Challenge. This challenge, sorry, I'll put it in my back pocket so I don't mess with it, hopefully. Whew, okay, so Red Letter Challenge. This challenge is about putting into practice the things that Jesus said. Last week, you were challenged two different things. One was to invite Jesus into this journey with you. Have you done that yet? Because you'll need him. The second challenge was to invite someone else along with you as you go through this journey. Everything is better together. So let's jump right in. Will you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit. God, we invite you into this place. We acknowledge that you've already been here. You inhabit our praises. You never leave us or forsake us. We acknowledge that you have already been with us all morning, but yet we still invite you because we want you to know that we are welcoming you here. We want you here. God, I ask that you anoint my mouth to speak your heart to every single person in this room. God, I ask that you take me out of the equation and help me to just be a vessel that is 100% your love and your truth coming into each and every person's heart this morning. God, I ask that you prepare our hearts for the words that you have prepared for us to hear today. I thank you for your calming peace that passes all understanding. I thank you for the honor and the privilege of being the person that you gave this particular message. You put this on my heart, God. I thank you for choosing me to be one of your vessels. I ask that you open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear you, and open our hearts to know you and to love you more. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for being here, and thank you that you answer every promise with yes and amen. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.
Today I want to talk about what some might consider to be the number one most important thing about being a Christ follower. Jesus tells us to do lots of things. He tells us to feed the poor. He tells us to care for the sick and wounded. He tells us to care for the widows and the orphans. But the thing that I want to talk to you about today that is most important actually has nothing to do with doing at all. Rather, it's about being. Before we're ever able to do these things, we have to learn how to just be. It's through the being that God enables us for the doing, for the work that he has called us to, for the work that he has purposed us for, for the work that he has created us for. We have to learn to be with him. To be with God. Spend some time with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We refer to that as the Trinity. Our God, our singular God, is three persons. And that is hard to wrap your head around. We have finite brains. So that's hard to understand. But our God, who is one singular God, has three different persons, and that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are invited to have an individual relationship with each one. Your relationship with the Father is separate than your relationship with the Son is separate than your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's enough for a whole other message, but I just want to make sure that um, you're aware of this before I dive in today. We all have our own journey, and everyone's journey is going to look different from the next person's. But we all have different points along the way where we all reach to get to our final destination, which is kingdom of heaven. The first point that we come to is that the Father draws us. Jesus said in John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So we begin our relationship. The very first step of our journey is the Father drawing us in. We allow him, and as he draws us in, we allow him to reveal himself to us. We allow him to love us. We learn who he created us to be in those moments we spend with him. Psalm 39 tells us he formed us. He knit us together. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. The Father loves you. 
He created you, and his works are wonderful. You are not a mistake. You are not too far gone. He sees you. He knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He created you for a purpose. He sent his son to die for you. And he's not finished with you. Ask him to open your eyes to see what he sees when he looks at you. We learn who we are by spending time with him. John 15 tells us, abide in him. Remain in him. He chose you and appointed you. So how do we do that? What does that look like? It looks like spending time with him. Let me pause for a moment and just take a minute to tell you a little bit about me. Did I do that? My kids are now, Urkel is running through my kids' heads right now because we've been watching family members. Did I do that? Yeah, I just did that. Okay. Okay. As I was saying, a little bit about me. Josh, my husband up here, he and I have been married for 13 years. It'll be 14 years in May. Josh is my favorite person. I don't just love him. I genuinely like him. I enjoy being with him. We don't have to spend all of our time together talking or doing something or anything. I'm, I'm content just being in the same room as he is. Just being, knowing that I'm in his presence is just a calming peace. About six years ago, we decided that we were going to be really intentional about focusing on our marriage, and we started going to a marriage conference down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And that just kind of became our every year. That's our weekend getaway, and we just always make sure that we take that weekend to focus um, on our marriage. And... Um, This year we knew going into it that it might look a little different, but we both said coming up to it whether it was going to be canceled or whether we wouldn't be able to travel for whatever reason, we were still going to make that weekend um, a priority to focus on our marriage. So this year it looked a little different because COVID, what doesn't look different right now, but um, we still took that weekend and intentionally chose to focus on our marriage. But could you imagine just for a moment how different our marriage would look if we didn't spend time to intentionally focus on working on our marriage? Or if we didn't make sure that we checked in with each other every day and kept our relationship going, frequent date nights, 
we spend time together? What, happen, what would happen? What would our marriage look like if we didn't do that, if we were not intentional about spending time together? I think it's safe to say our marriage would not be a reality at this point. Our culture has turned to very much just if something hard comes along, turn and go for the easy route. Our marriage is not perfect. I do not want to make it sound that way. But we make it work because we are committed. And through being committed and spending time with each other, our relationship grows. So again, what does it look like to be with God? It looks like spending time with him. It looks like intentionally setting apart times of day or times of the week or times of the year to be with him, to focus on the relationship with him. I've compiled a list of some practical ways that we can intentionally be with and build our relationship with him. Come to church. Get plugged in. Spend time learning about him and building relationship with others who are on that same journey. Read the Bible. Learn to read the Bible as a whole big story woven together rather than just picking little pieces here and there. Once you get the big story of the Bible and it comes together, it's incredible to see how much God loves you. Get in a home group. Small group, life group, I don't care what you call it, get in a group. Get some accountability. Quick side note, this year we're really hoping to see groups really take, take off. So in the coming weeks, be watching, we're going to be sending a survey out for anyone who has interest in joining a group, being a part of a group, finding a group. Um, so please make sure that we have your current email address and or you are connected to our Facebook um, community group because that's how we'll be getting the survey out to everyone. This pandemic really emphasized how important it is to be plugged in and have a tight group of people that you can rely on, that can encourage you when you're feeling low. From my observations, those who already were connected, they still had struggles, everyone. I, I don't know a single person that's made it through the last year without experiencing a type of struggle. But those who were already tightly connected to a group of friends were able to lean on each other and, and encourage each other and get through it together. Another way to spend time with him is to pray. You might say, I don't know how to do that. Just get in a quiet place and start talking. Share what's on your heart. He's there 
and he's listening. If that still feels a little uncomfortable, go with a scripted prayer. You can find the Lord's Prayer, which is a great example, in Matthew 6, starting in verse 9. Listen to worship music. There are times where you should just listen and let the music play and sing over you. Let it soak into your heart. Fill your mind with the truths about who he is. There are also times where we actively engage in that worship. Sunday mornings for sure, but also through the week. Spend some time just worshiping him, standing in awe of who he is and all of his goodness. There are things called spiritual rhythms or spiritual formation practices. These are uh, some examples, silence and solitude. Lectio Divina is one of my favorites. That's, and that is Latin for divine reading. It's another way of saying you're basically meditating through scripture. You're choosing a portion of scripture, whether it's a chapter or a few verses. You're reading through it. And then you read through it again slowly. And as you're reading, you just invite the Holy Spirit into that process. And you ask him to highlight what he has for you from that passage in this current season. Journal scripture. Take your Sabbath. Actually take a Sabbath. Don't just think about it and plan on it and then... Everything kind of keeps pushing it out of the way. If someone wants you to do something on your Sabbath, it's okay to say no. Especially if it's work-related. It's okay to say, you know, God needs, I need God more than you need me right now. It's okay to say no. God is number one. He's the priority. Mark 2.27 said, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. God knew we needed it. Take it. Take a mini one to three day retreat every year. Allow yourself some quiet and some silence and some just solitude alone with just him. Just like I do for the marriage conference, my marriage is important. My relationship with God is even more so. Take time every year for an extended period of time just to be with him. Learning how to be is something I haven't always been good at, and some days I still struggle, and I find it hard to fight through all the chaos that my mind is throwing at me, that the world is throwing at me. But it never fails when I'm able to push through and quiet the distractions, and I make that time to just spend it with him. 
It never fails to leave me full of peace and completely refreshed. So if this is an area where you feel like it's a struggle and you just feel like you could use some direction, hear me when I say this, let's talk. Call the office, send me an email, get a hold of me. Let's set up a time to talk about this. What could it look like for you? This is something I've become so passionate about because this has changed my life. Learning how to just be with him. It makes all the difference. It sounds intimidating. It did to me when I first heard about these practices and rhythms. But they are life-giving and life-changing. It's always worth it. And then in turn, it helps us be life-giving to others. Matthew 12:34 says for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks when i speak to someone i want them to be words of encouragement not words of negativity i want them to be words that are life-giving and that build the other person up i want them to walk away from me feeling refreshed not feeling down Find a way to be intentional to quiet the distractions and make him a priority. Our culture has so many distractions. We're living in a world of distraction. And not all distractions are bad. But when they take the place of God in our lives, meaning if we allow any distraction whatever it may be, to become more important and a higher priority than God, then we need to reevaluate. We all have the same amount of time in a day. If I can make time to watch my favorite show, read my favorite book, watch my Buckeyes win a championship, <laughs> just had to get that one in there, but I can't seem to find time to be with God? Then at that point, what otherwise may be good things, because Buckeyes winning a championship is always a good thing, unless it's become more important to me than God. And then it's sin. Because the first commandment was no other gods before him. Did you know that the average American watches about four hours of television a day and spends over five hours on their phone? But we don't have time to spend with Jesus. It's not a time issue, it's a priority issue. I'm preaching to myself here, not just to you.
In Luke 10, we see an example for how Jesus said we should prioritize our time. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said, Dear Martha, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken from her. Mary recognized what was most important, even when other things were urgent. She chose the important. What was the important in this case? Sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to what he taught. May we be so wise as to follow Mary's example to shut out the distractions, to push away the urgent, and concern ourselves with spending some time every day sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him speak. Your challenge for this week, intentionally carve out some time, make it a priority, and guard that time. Block it out as uninterruptible. Don't let any distractions in. Don't allow checking likes on a post or reading an email or text to come in the way. Just don't do it. If this sounds like something you feel really drawn to but feel like it's too far out of reach, can I just encourage you for a moment? Because I was there. I heard others talk about this, about this level of intimacy with him about this level of peace that passes all understanding. And I wonder, why can't I have that? It's one of his promises. The Bible says his promises are yes and amen. Why can't I have that? I finally came to a point where I decided to trust that his promises were for me. They're for me too. And they're for you. The Bible has truths and promises and I finally decided that I believed that. It was for me. So I went all in and I kept pressing in. And even when I would get distracted, I would try again. I kept leaning in. I kept pressing in. And once I was able to quiet the noise, I found him there, patiently waiting for me to realize he was there the whole time. I just needed to take the time to notice. For me, I have to start my day that way. 
there are times when I pick up my phone and check my plan on version, and automatically my I just scroll to Facebook and next thing I know I'm checking a poster, I'm reading my email and if I do that, the honestly my whole my whole quiet time just kind of gets thrown off because by then I've let distraction in and it's a struggle to get back. If you need to wake up earlier, do it. If that means you can't stay up as late watching a show, do it. I promise it's worth it. I'm not saying you have to spend all your free time or every waking moment in prayer or reading the Bible. That's not this. But what I am saying is you should make it a priority to at least spend a little time with him every day. Getting to know him. Sharing what's on your heart with him. Learning about him. And just letting him love you. Ask God to create a hunger and a thirst in you for more of him. Ask him to align your desires with his and then expect him to do it. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So a quick recap of some suggested ways for being with Jesus. This list is not at all exhausted, but hopefully will provide you with some simpler tools to get started on your journey. Church, read the Bible, get in a group, pray, worship music, spiritual rhythms, practices, Sabbath, mini-retreat, And then one final suggestion I'd like to offer is communion. When I first heard the idea of taking communion by myself, I thought it sounded a little strange. I grew up, you take it together as a church body, and you do. You do it together. There's something very powerful about that but I also learned that there's something very powerful about partaking in communion when it's just you and him. Taking communion by yourself doesn't need to be made into some complicated ceremony or ritual. It's very simple. All you need is your Bible or the Bible app and something for your bread and juice. Get in a quiet place. Read through one of the accounts of the Last Supper. You can find it in Matthew or Luke. We usually read from it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 while we do it here, starting in verse 23. And then just invite the Holy Spirit in. Ask him to highlight anything he wants to bring to your attention. Maybe there's something you need to resolve first, in which case the time to do it is before you take communion.
then as you read through the passage, when he takes the cup, pause and take your cup. When he takes the bread, you take the bread first. Take the bread, pause, take the bread. Then when he takes the cup, then take the cup. Then pray again and give the Holy Spirit some space to do what he wants to do in that moment. He'll be there with you. He's faithful. Very simple can be so powerful. So this morning we thought, what better time to take communion? We've spent the morning talking about ways to be. And it's also our first Sunday back together in a long time. And we don't know the future, but something about this time feels like we're back. So if you haven't already grabbed your elements, please go ahead and take a moment to grab some from the table. And then when you get back to your seat, start the process by just inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to you. to show you anything he wants to work out in you right now. And work it out. Get it resolved. And then we're just going to take a minute for the Holy Spirit. Allow him to work out anything he needs to work out. And then I'll start by reading and we'll go through it together. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and he gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, take and eat. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. So let's take the bread together. He did the same with the cup after supper, and he said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. So let's take the cup. 
God, we thank you. God, we bow low in your presence. God, we thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. And we thank you that your body, you allowed your body to be broken for us. Just so that we would be able to have an opportunity to have a relationship with you. God, forgive us for the times that we've knocked you off the number one spot. Lord, help us to make you our number one priority and to be intentional about it. Help us to silence the distractions and to just open our eyes to your gaze. May we lock eyes with you, God. We love you, Jesus. God, I pray for every person here. If this is a, a struggle for them, God, I ask that you just give them a supernatural power to just break through the distractions this week and carve out that time. Reveal to them the peace that you have the gift that you have waiting for them, that gift of refreshment, that gift of friendship. You take away all the loneliness. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. several places in scripture we see the statement for he who has ears to hear I want to say that right now for those who have ears to hear that message was from the heart of Jesus and um, take the challenge take it this week carve out some time to just learn to be with him every day and see what happens see what transformation comes to your life we're going to go ahead and prepare to dismiss um, as we do we are just first off so glad that you could come here today um, and we could worship together I could hear you worshiping I could hear you singing and you could just feel the presence of God in this place uh, throughout this time together if you brought your tithes and offerings with you, uh, then a reminder that you can just give them on your way out. Uh, everyone is going to be exiting through this door and out into the parking lot. Uh, we have black box uh, there by the door. We've got one by each of the doors, so uh, you can put your tithe and offering in there. Or if you prefer to give electronically, I think most people do now, um, you go ahead and just go to our website and uh, click on the icon in the corner and it'll walk you through the steps. Very simple, very user-friendly. 
Uh, let's pray, and then we will dismiss. Father, thank you for this time that you have given us, that we can do what we've missed doing for so many months now, and that is to come together and worship and hear your word and just be in each other's presence as we stand in your presence. Lord, may we never take it for granted. We love you. We bless you. And we ask that you would now go with us. Let your presence rest on us. Let your spirit guide us and lead us throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. It's been great seeing you.